today on the Tearsheet Podcast. Uh, the, the big revolution that has been happening in Brazil is already starting to happen, is already actually happening, but in an initial, more initial phase in other countries. And we want to be part of that growth and the development of these markets. So yeah, we're expanding uh, and we're seeing ourselves in a couple of years as being uh, ever more relevant in the LATAM as a whole. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Tearsheet Editor-in-Chief, Zach Miller. Embedded Finance is powering the launch of all kinds of new companies and products around the world. Brazil-based Conductor is a digital banking and payments platform. It processes 1 billion payment transactions annually, totaling over $20 billion in payment volume, and serves over 250 clients with more than 85 million cards. The company is expanding throughout Latin America and just raised a $150 million investment round. Chief Strategy Officer Marcelo Jacques joins me on the podcast to discuss the company's expansion plans throughout the region, including how it will compete against foreign embedded finance platforms entering Latin America. Marcelo Jacques is my guest today on the Tearsheet Podcast. Uh, thanks, for the, thanks for the invite, Zach. Uh, great to talk to you. So my name is Marcelo. I'm a Chief Strategy Officer at Conductor today. I've uh, been with the company now for... Uh, almost four years. Mm -hmm. um, I previously, I worked in investment banking here in Brazil and uh, financial consultancy. And uh, well, basically my, my role here is uh, focusing on helping the company, focusing on expansion into new markets, new products, and uh, also M&A and investor relations. So in a nutshell, wow. And others, we always in conductor. We always have a and others, but at the end of our role, because everything everyone does does a lot of things. So. You wear a lot of hats. So, so for the listeners yeah. who aren't familiar with conductor, can you can you describe what conductor does? Sure. So, conductor is a is a payments infrastructure provider in Brazil and Latin America. We uh, offer. We started our business as an issuer processor, um, mm -hmm. processing from all types of cards from different networks, private label cards, uh, prepaid debit credit, you name it. And uh, we evolved uh, our offering to expand uh, and offer more solutions within the payments value chain. So today we offer payments processing, be it issuer processing or acquire processing. We offer banking as a service. Uh, and this, is, and this uh, I mean, in Brazil, we, we actually have inside Conductor uh, a regulated entity called DOC, which is our subsidiary and, uh, and is responsible for offering our banking as a service solution. And basically mm -hmm. what we'd offer there is on top of issuing cards, we, we enable our clients to offer uh, payment accounts uh, and digital wallets on a white label basis. And we take care of the tech, the infrastructure, the regulatory, the network connections, and our clients are ju just have to worry about uh, doing their apps and focusing on CX and customer acquisition, and the rest they just plug into APIs and they just uh, do the do their business. So, in a nutshell, that's what we do. So we are originally uh, from Brazil. Um, this year, we started to expand outside of Brazil into other Latin American geographies. So we are already uh, issuer processors in Peru. We're setting up in Colombia and we're setting up in Ecuador as well. Uh, and we also have a uh, uh, transaction capturing uh, platform that's, that came with an acquisition that we did this year that's called Muxi. 
that is already in Argentina, Mexico, and Peru as well. So we, we're in six different countries today, uh, Brazil being the most relevant by far, and we're expanding outside of Brazil now. And is, is the vision um, to expand throughout all of Latin America? Yeah, so we, we believe that, uh, I mean, what we're seeing in, in LATAM as a whole, and I mean, globally speaking, uh, pay, digital payments is a trend, right? So you, you, you're seeing uh, the increased digitalization of payments. Uh, some markets are already quite digital. I mean, you have new use cases and new solutions, but people already have a lot of access to digital payments. But when you talk about LATAM, uh, there is still uh, very relevant underpenetration, right? So Brazil um, is a, Brazil itself is underpenetrated, but if you talk, if you compare to other geographies such as Mexico, such as Peru and Colombia, as I mentioned, uh, we st we're actually a higher penetrated in terms of digital payments than these these countries. So what we're seeing is uh, the the big revolution that has been happening in Brazil is already starting to happen, is already actually happening, but in an initial, more initial phase in other countries. And we want to be part of that growth and the development of these markets. So yeah, we're expanding and we're seeing ourselves in a couple of years as being uh, ever more relevant in the LATAM as a whole. So you guys just raised a big round, $150 million investment round. Is, is a lot of that um, targeted to go to uh, expansion, international expansion? Yeah, yeah, basically, uh, the, the the main our main uh, growth focuses are to uh, grow internally uh, in Brazil and continue to grow uh, at the rates that we've grown in the past. I mean, the, the company has grown at, at around 45% CAGR ever since uh, Riverwood first first invested in, in us in 2014. Mm -hmm. um, and we and we expect. I mean, the market is still very big in Brazil, and uh, we expect to continue to grow at uh, rates at that, that amount or that, that level in the next few years. And uh, yeah, the money is, is, is going to be used in product development, product expansion and geographical expansion as well. So both of, both of them. Um, that makes sense. And you, Marcelo, you mentioned the 46% um, compounded annual growth rate. Well, can you give uh, listeners a feeling for how, like how many transactions you're processing now, volume, stuff like that? Sure. So today, uh, to give you a sense of our relevance in Brazil, we have we process almost 30 million active accounts. So uh, that's a, th those are cards or digital accounts that are actually used during the month. So they're very so they are active. It's a very relevant uh, size. Um, we process today. Uh, this year we're, going, we're we're processing over 800 million transactions, and uh, we I mean. We've been we we're almost hitting the mark of five million transactions a day. Uh, we're probably going to hit that uh, this week, hopefully with uh, with Black Friday. So this is uh, I mean we've been growing a lot, and our volumes have been growing even more than our than our revenues. I mentioned the forty five percent kicker of revenues, but our, our transaction volumes, which just if you had a sense, we've been growing almost seventy percent kicker for the past few years. Wow. So yeah, expansion has been huge. I think that there I mean. Uh, lots of, lots of uh, we, we grow along with our clients, right? And we have uh, lots of digital banks and, uh, and wallets that uh, are showing uh, expressive growth here in Brazil. They are the challengers of the new market. We also have uh, traditional players that use our platforms as well. So we are very embedded within the Brazilian payments market. 
Um, so the market grows. We've been growing uh, a lot faster than the market because we are, I mean, we're supporting these great companies that are growing using our solutions. Let's talk about um, who those clients are. So, I, you know, if you look, I, is it fair to compare you to on the U.S. side to a Marketa? Yeah, it is. I mean, we, we do have, I mean, the, the way that we deliver processing, um, we have an open API platform. So we have more than 600 uh, APIs published for, and for all of the functionalities, like I mentioned, debit, credit, prepaid, et cetera. We, uh, the, 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 the way that we deliver technology and uh, the mindset when we, when we build our platform and evolve it is to enable our clients to connect to the platform uh, without, without having to depend on us. Because that's mm -hmm. something that if you think about traditional issuer processing in the past, yeah, very uh, client, yeah, clients need dependent on the issuer processor to change anything in their card program, in their app. Uh, they had to ask for a project. And what we what we want to what we did here, uh, and we structured our, ourselves in a way that uh, a client, uh, especially these these challenger banks and these new newcomers in the market, they have to be very responsive to uh, customer demands and customer inquiries. So they have to be able to define their roadmap very quickly and change what they're doing in their app. So we the, the value proposition here for our initial issuer processing capabilities is to actually enable them to do that without depending on us. That's awesome. So, so can you describe who some of those um, clients are on the issuer processing yep. side? You mentioned yeah. challenger banks, like, can you talk about if you can name them by name or how big that market is or kind of dynamics around the growth there? Yeah, we, we, we don't talk specifically about clients, Zach, mm -hmm. during, during these things because, and this is a, the simple reason, right? Because we are an infrastructure business and uh, our clients have the end business, right? So we, mm -hmm. we talk about them usually in buckets. So we have uh, very big, we have retailers, lots of different types of retailers as you, that use our processor, our platform to issue uh, branded and private label cards. So private mm -hmm. label is actually something interesting here. It's a very relevant market in Brazil because uh, different from the US when you can have private label cards, uh, more like a loyalty instrument for, for retailers to have a, uh, another, an additional touch point with their clients. Mm -hmm. In Brazil, that's also a reality, but we have, but the, the, the population that usually has a private label card, that's a unbanked or non or not underbanked population, right? So people actually need the credit to buy into in, inside the retailer stores and the retailer usually uh, came, came to provide that to their clients to help, first of all, to help leverage their retail, their retail business. Mm -hmm. uh, but afterwards, I mean, it's a, it's a, I mean, if it's well managed, it's a very profitable business for them. So this is very uh, common and popular here in Brazil. And we are uh, probably the most relevant uh, processor for retail uh, private label cards. Uh, we also have big financial institutions uh, that have that are launching new products now, and uh, in, in, they have. I mean, they are they are. You can say the incumbents in the market, but because they are so big, right? And they have a, a lot of a lot of clients with a lot of different niches. Um, for their core portfolios, they still do a lot of things internally. Uh, but what what what's happening in the market for these guys is they are looking uh, to outside uh, of their of their internal structures to launch new products. So we have uh, from the biggest from the biggest banks in the country, some of them already launched uh, new products with us. 
uh, and some of them are on the, on the process of doing so. So this, this is a, another market opportunity for us in which the, these, these uh, incumbents are launching and reinventing themselves and launching new products and they're using market providers to do so. Uh, and we and like I mentioned before, we also have like the challenger banks, the neo banks, and the, these guys that um, are creating are, are part of this financial revolution that is going on here in Brazil, that have been growing so much in the past three to four years, given all of the changes in regulation and the incentive of the central bank to foster competition. Mm -hmm. uh, and th these are, I mean, we've been seeing clients has experiencing uh, tremendous growth and we've, we've been growing alongside with them. Um, and last, I, and this is a very interesting evolution in the market. I think this is kind of a global trend, but in, in Brazil, it's happening a lot uh, with this uh, model of be your own bank. So uh, of the embedded finance opportunity, right? People are talking a lot about that. I think that in, in some markets, it already existed when you talked about, like I mentioned, retail, you talk about mm -hmm. the retailer offering a credit card, but now a retailer can offer like a, a digital wallet, a prepaid account without having to set up a whole financial institution in the back end. They can just use, mm -hmm. for example, our bank as a service offering to offer that. Um, and we're seeing several different use cases for several different markets uh, using this infrastructure. And, and this is the... And this is, I think this is nice to mention, uh, it's, it's part of, of our vision and it's part of uh, our, our, our value proposition is to be basically democratize payments through technology. So if we, we, we imagine and we think that if uh, I, I can offer a complete solution for my client to offer his end customer, right, uh, in an in a easy way to implement and a, in very and very cost effective, so great value for money for that for for my client, uh, we end up creating more digital accounts in the market, more dig, digital usage of cash, and that has uh, the beneficial effect to the market as a whole of digitalizing the population that doesn't have access to to digital payments. Right, so that's that's something that we're doing here uh, as well. I like that a lot, the embedded uh, model. That's something that we talk a lot about on Tearsheet. Um, do you also find that you have gig economy um, clients that are embedding payment experiences into non-financial um, platforms? Yeah, we do. Yeah. We do. Actually, we, some of our clients are gig economy clients. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have like uh, ride hailing, we have uh, mm -hmm. deliveries. We Delivery, have, uh, right. Yeah, we have some of these clients different use cases. Some of them are actually use, uh, use our platform to uh, issue, for example, a prepaid card for their end customer. Some of them use the platform to issue, to, to, to issue a prepaid card for their, for their uh, the drivers, so, the delivery the guests. Drivers, exactly. Yeah. So the, the, and that's the, that's the, the beauty of the platform and the, the way that we deliver it is we're very agnostic in terms of how it can be used. So, I mean, there are several different use cases of, uh, so we have, for example, uh, companies that are in peer-to-peer -peer lending and they use our platform to basically, to, to use our APIs to control the money coming from in from the investor, going out to the merchant that's, going, that's taking the loan and controlling the receivables from the merchant. They use our banking as a service platform to control that. So that's a use case that is not a typical, if you think about an issuer process or a program manager, it's not a typical use because it's not based on the card. In this case, the client, 
our client doesn't even have a card associated with its payment accounts. So you basically use us as a way to transfer money around, controlling it through our APIs. So the use cases are, are, are infinite for, for the platform. And uh, we have, uh, like you mentioned, these like uh, gig, gig economy, we have uh, telco providers that are creating payment solutions for their, for their end customers already embedded along with, uh, with the telephone that they're selling. We have um, freight forwarders that are that are using our platform to pay their the truck drivers, for example. So we have several different use cases, and uh, basically, anyone who wants to uh, offer a payment experience to someone that he has contact with during his day-to-day -day business uh, can use our platform to do that. Um, Marcel, we have time for one last question. And I, um, one of the things we heard in the Tearsheet Embedded Conference just last week, we had Marquetta there, we had Galileo there, uh, Q2, BBVA, a lot of the big banking as a service platforms, as well as the new issuer processors. Everybody was talking about international expansion. And a lot of them mentioned they were targeting uh, Latin America. Uh, Rapid mm -hmm. was there too. Um, yeah. How do you guys view um, foreign firms, I guess, coming into your local market um, and, and how do you see competition shaping up there? Okay, so it's, it's funny because uh, when, when you talk about uh, payments infrastructure, this is a business that a few years ago, uh, people didn't even understand what we're doing, right? And uh, so, I mean, people- And now you're the cool guys. And, and now, and yeah, and now we're like mainstream, you know? And yeah. uh, we have to talk about competition and people and other businesses popping up. So it's it's awesome. It's very, it's really exciting to be honest. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it, when we think about uh, locally speaking, we are, we are so uh, well positioned when you talk about Brazil and we have, and like I mentioned before, I think that one, one of our big differentials when we talk about other players is that we are an end-to-end -end provider. So we can help companies on the issuing side with banking as a service, but we can also help a company set up their merchant acquiring business. We have a software to enable companies to become Payfax. So we have the end-to-end -end solutions. Uh, so if you think about how the Brazilian market is today, we are very well positioned as a, as a leader here. So of course, if competition comes, and I, I mean, it, it's going to come because the market is so big, right? And it's mm -hmm. a very relevant one. Uh, I think that we're ready. And uh, we, the way that we think about competition is we have to always be one step ahead. So we are all, always thinking about launching new products, launching new solutions. Um, and that's how we deal with that. And- uh, Do you think they'll be I, successful, these companies? I think there's there's room in the market for everyone. Um, I don't. I mean, we don't expect uh, to lose share. Maybe we mm -hmm. maybe we're going to compete for new projects and new businesses. But I think that, like I mentioned, since the market is so big, I think there's room for everyone that works well and has a, a, a good proposition for their clients, right? Um, but it is. Uh, but saying that, another point. It's. Uh, it's, it's a different market, right? So you have different integrations, you have different customer needs. Um, it's very different the way that people use, even though you have an API, open API platform, the way that people actually consume that and use that is in Brazil is different from the, in, from the US. So I think there are idiosyncrasies in the market that are not, it's just not plug and play. Um, and I mean, everyone knows that or else they, they would have already been here more relevantly, right? 
And in LATAM, yeah. it's the same thing, right? Outside of Brazil, you, I mean, if you talk about, like I mentioned, the integrations, local integrations, that's something that uh, in Brazil, you have the benefit actually of, for example, for, for branded cards, you're, you, the, 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 the brands, the networks have their own switches here, right? So Visa, MasterCard, et cetera, they, they connect directly with the processors. So if you're a processor outside of Brazil, it's easier to connect to the Brazilian rails than if you're a processor, than if you're going to connect, for example, in Mexico or in Peru, where you have the local switches that have that have interactions with the with the networks, but it's different. So it's not so straightforward to basically go out and, and expand to another geography. But uh, that said, uh, the same way that we that we are growing outside of Brazil and we have uh, big hopes and big expectations to the potential of our growth. I think that uh, uh, there's room in the market for everyone that has a good product. Marcelo, thanks for joining us on the Tearsheet podcast today. Oh, thank, thank you, Zach. It was great. Thanks for the opportunity.